Hi, I'm Stan Zimmerman, and I'll be the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. This is episode 632 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, we told you they'd be coming fast and furious, and we have producer-writer Stan Zimmerman joining us. He uh, was writing for the Golden Girls. He wrote uh, a very Brady sequel movie. He wrote uh, for the Gilmore Girls, Roseanne, Rita Rocks, all kinds of things. Stan's a great guest. He's coming up in a few minutes right here at On Screen and Beyond. I know you're going to enjoy it, so stick around for that. And I want to remind you that he will be at the Behind the Golden Curtain event that's going to be going on at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, California on May 26th through the 28th. And uh, his specialty uh, event where he's going to be talking a lot, I, I guess, is uh, you know going to be his panel is going to be on Sunday. So uh, you can be sure to check that out and uh, he'll be giving us more information on that. You can get a lot more information on this by going to BehindTheGoldenCurtain.com and you can find out how to get tickets and all that stuff. So if you are in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area and you're going to be around on May 26th through the 28th, hop on the bar, head up to Orinda, California, and you can, it's not that far, and you can uh, get off the BART, walk across the street, and there you are. You're at the Orinda Theater. It's going to be a blast. There's going to be so much things going on, and uh, it's going to be celebrating the Golden Girls TV show with producers from the show and writers and people who were guest stars on the show. It's just going to be a blast. So be sure to check that out. And we want to thank you for sending us uh, emails. Uh, we, uh, I've been getting those, and they're a lot of fun to, to read and find out how people are listening to On Screen and Beyond, you know, if they're walking or hiking or, or at work or whatever. And uh, it's, it's always uh, fun to find out how, you know, you're doing this. And uh, love your comments uh, and suggestions, too. You get a lot of suggestions on guests we could have. And if you want to do that, you can send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And we will try to get that person on and uh, see what we can do. Well, what do you say? Let's get right into it. It's time for remakes, sequels, and prequels right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remakes, sequels, and prequels on October 27th. That's the date for Saw 10. And it'll be hitting theaters. And The Equalizer 3 with Denzel Washington arrives on September 1st. Tom Hiddleston and Mark Hamill have teamed up. And they will star in a big screen rendering of Stephen King's The Life of Chuck. And Nicolas Cage and Bill Skarsgård will star in a sequel of Lord of War. And that's it for remake sequels, and prequels. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond... What's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies? Upcoming new movies. Ordinary Angels with Hilary Swank will hit theaters on October 13th. And that's based on a true story. Elizabeth Moss and Kate Hudson will star in a psychological thriller called Shell. 
and Paul Rudd and Amy Adams who will star in a comedy called The Invite. That's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's coming your way as far as movies and TV on DVD and streaming. Hi, Dawn Wells here, Mary Ann from Gilligan's Island. I'm on On Screen and Beyond. Don't you wish you were listening? Me too. Rescue me. Movies and TV on DVD and streaming. Looks like Paint with Owen Wilson arrives on DVD and Blu-ray on July 25th. And May 23rd, you can look for Swan Princess, A Fairy Tale is Born, as it swims on to digital and DVD. And Taz, Quest for Burger, available on digital June 6th. And the Western Bullets for the Bad rides on to DVD on May 23rd and on demand the same day. And Kings of L.A. arrives on June 13th on DVD and on demand. And that's it for movies and TV on DVD and streaming next on On Screen and Beyond. Well, it's TV and entertainment time. TV and entertainment time. Well, The Wonder Years Season 2 comes to ABC on June 14th. And you can look for America's Got Talent Season 18 as it starts on NBC on May 30th. And on June 26th, The Bachelorette Season 20 arrives on ABC. And that is it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to sit down. We're going to have a chat with producer and writer Stan Zimmerman. Now, Stan, he wrote for the Golden Girls. He wrote for the Gilmore Girls. He uh, wrote for Roseanne. He wrote for Rita Rocks. And uh, also was one of the writers for a very Brady sequel. Now, uh, those there was a Riot movie that they were really fun, uh, the other one, too. We talk about all that, and Stan Zimmerman is coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, our guest is a producer and a writer and a creator of such movies and TV shows as Rita Rocks, Gilmore Girls, Roseanne, a very Brady sequel, Gun Ho, and The Golden Girls. And on May 26th through the 28th, he will be part of the Behind the Golden Curtain event celebrating the TV show The Golden Girls at the Arinda Theater in Arinda, California. It's Dan Zimmerman. Stan, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you for having me. Now, Stan... The golden There's a lot. Yeah, where I, should we, where yeah, should we start? I know. Actually, <laughs> actually, it was both Brady Bunch movies, but uh, because of the wonderful Writers Guild, which we're now, I should be out picketing, but I'm talking to you. <laughs> um, there is an arcane rule that you can only have so many writers credited. And really? we were the fifth group of writers. And even though we rewrote pretty much all the dialogue, unless you change around the, the scenes, uh, you don't get credit. And so wow. I lost a lot of money, but uh, the industry knew that we wrote that movie and, and my mother did. So that's what counts. Really. <laughs> well, I, I had seen that, that, you know, in your, not in your credits, but in the, the write-ups I've read. And I saw that and I thought, well, okay, well, I'm going to ask you about that because it only put you down for the very Brady sequel and not the first one. 
right? Mm -hmm. Even though the producers petitioned to get us credited. Uh, it, in the olden days, if you see at the very end of movies, it'll say additional dialogue by. Mm -hmm. To me, even that would be fair. But it was very disheartening. You we put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, and then you go there and you see, you know, people like, you know, the dog trainer and the bartender get credit and the writer doesn't. And that we should all get credit. Is, of is, course. If you work on it, that's uh, what I believe. We got hired for just, uh, I think, a two week polish. And they loved what we did. And they kept saying, take the next scene, take another scene. So we couldn't change where the scenes were shot, but we could change everything within that scene. So we just went to town. And it was really one of the best jobs I've ever had. Uh, we were really appreciated. And um, it just got to use a lot of different parts of my mind. I'm a pop culture freak since day one. Because I came out of my mother's womb. Uh, I just was obsessed with television and movies and theater and music and and uh i mean i was reading variety when i was like 11 or 12 i had to wow. have it a subscription uh sent to me at my house in detroit and i just memorized it i just loved it um so that was such a great job because we got to uh you know make fun of the film but also um honor it and celebrate what was so great about the Brady's. Yeah. Well, one thing about the, both of those films that, uh, I mean, I grew up with that, loved the show back then, you know, uh, and, and like you say, sometimes when they do redos of old movies, they're either really slapping it and making fun of it, which kind of ruins it, I think, because, you know, some people love these shows, you know, <laughs> or they turn around and, 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 just change it into something totally different that, you know, you know, why are you doing this if you're calling it that, you know, whatever right. show or whatever. really one of the first TV shows to film that were successful. They tried Beverly Hillbillies and a bunch before, and none of them were successful. And I really credit uh, director Betty Thomas because when we came on, she said, think of it three ways. Write it for little kids that have never seen the show. Then write it for people like you and me that grew up with it. And then also think about stoners, write it for stoners. And I'm like, we're in. <laughs> and you go to a screening and you could hear all the different groups laughing. Of course, the stoners yeah. laughs much longer. Yeah. yeah. But and yeah. It involved, it involved food because you got munchies as well. Yeah. <laughs> but that or was the, the, <laughs> that was the good thing about it is that it was like you say, you made fun of it. But I mean, the show kind of made fun of itself. <laughs> you know, the original show, it's and it was I'll have people come up to me now and they say, when I saw it as a kid, I didn't get half the jokes, which was on purpose. And then the others, you know, they go over their head. Mm -hmm. And then as adults, you go, oh, my God, I can't believe they said that. <laughs> yeah. Was it hard doing something like that, a, a show that, you know, people love so much to, to try to do that? It was so much fun. Uh, and then we, we had to go rewatch the shows. And I, growing up, I always thought Alice was hysterical. And I'm watching the shows. She had no jokes. It was just her expressions, mm -hmm. the way she's kind of go like that. But she wasn't funny, funny. So we had to give her some funny stuff. But also when uh, Betty cast, you know, Shelley Long and Gary Cole, who just nailed those oh, parts. Unreal. But then discovering Christine Taylor as Marsha and Jennifer Lee Cox as Jan. When those two were cast, we're like, we got to just keep writing scenes for those two and build up that whole sister jealousy thing. And then you know, Jan, you know, going crazy in her mind and hearing voices. And um, then it was just like, oh, we got to keep doing it. And actually, we've been trying to sell a TV series called The Brady Ladies. We bring back those actresses and Olivia Hack from the movie. And it takes place in the 80s. 
uh, but they're still stuck in the 80s, but it's it's uh, in contemporary times. And huh. the three Brady uh, ladies moved to West Hollywood, completely oblivious to all that's going on. So I, I still I still think there's a lot more to be told with those characters, and and especially I love the the different time period being stuck in. I think that's a clever device, mm-hmm. uh, which we didn't think of that was on the movies, but uh, it's something that I think could be a really fun Netflix, Hulu, Paramount Plus. Right. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Now ah. they did do a Brady Girls or something or Brady Ladies with the, with the original TV they cast. They did the Brady Brides. The Brady yeah. Brides. Yes. After, yeah, that was uh, after. So uh, we pay homage to that as well. I'm yeah. sure. And but like you say that the the girls, well, the, the entire cast, the guys, the girls, the the mother, the father, Shelley Long, every, you know, they nailed it. I mean, they looked like those people. <laughs> I mean, it was. I remember they were casting when we were rewriting. We were stuck in some little teeny office. All of this is going to be in my book. So I'm writing a book called The Girls from Golden to Gilmore. I was going to All ask. the wonderful women I've worked with and Roseanne. And, um, and I tell that story. They just put us in this little teeny closet and kept saying, rewrite this scene, rewrite that scene. And then Betty Thomas would come in and she said um, she had filmed the uh, audition for Mike Brady. And she said, all right, just shut your eyes, don't look, but hear it. And we heard it and it was, I mean, it, it was Mike Brady. It was definitely. Um, and then we're like, Gary Cole, like he wasn't <laughs> known for comedy and right. he was so friggin' funny. Yeah, um, we really, really lucked out. And so when you get actors like that, and you think of Shelley Long, I mean, that's another of my full circle moments. The the spec script that really got us our TV writing career going was a spec for Cheers. So we saw one of the early Cheers episodes. I think it had just maybe started. It wasn't very popular, and it was just the writing was so smart, and it was kind of our style. It was more charactery than you know. A family, haha, you know, real jokey at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so we uh, we we loved Cheers, and and uh, once we wrote a Cheers spec, we just started getting a lot of work. So it was really exciting <laughs> to actually write for Shelley Long. Yeah. Now, when you say they crammed you in a little room, I mean that's the the image we get with writers. Is that really the way it is? That you know? Well, no. That's why that was so unusual. Uh, Usually when you're on staff for a show, I mean, you have a big writer's room with a big table and food and scripts and everything on top of it. Um, when you're writing features, you're usually off at your house writing, you know, and you'll you know, send it in. Um, but this, they wanted us there because um, it was just happening really fast. Um, mm-hmm. And then they just really liked having us around and it was fun or Betty, because she was casting, to just come in the room and say, help me with this scene, you know, that I'm scouting locations for. How can we do better with this? And then we would just start riffing on stuff, and she would literally fall on the floor laughing. We're like, okay, that's good. Put it in. <laughs> and we ended up working on a lot of projects with her uh, that never happened. Uh, she wanted to do a remake of Valley of the Dolls, um, and she brought us in. She couldn't quite get it right. We came in, and we did a great draft. Um, we renamed it Valley of the Dolls, a relapse. And it was about contemporary women making a shot by shot remake of Valley of the Dolls. And slowly they start becoming their characters. Uh, but this was a while, a few years ago, but I remember we're in the room writing and she's auditioning people like, um, uh, Beyonce came in 
and read for the Sharon Tate role, and so did uh, Britney Spears. And wow. I like poking my head out. I keep getting writing <laughs> done because I couldn't believe the the incredible ladies that were coming in because they had all wanted to work with Betty. I think after uh, Brady and Charlie's Angels and Doctor Doolittle, you know, she became one of the most successful comedy female directors. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, making a lot of money for the studio. Jeez. So with um, the different other, I mean, like you say, you've done so many other things, but uh, the, the Roseanne, you worked with Roseanne now. Yeah. So we got offered the job on the first season before the pilot was made and they wanted us to sign like a seven or eight year deal. And I mean, Lori and John were not attached at that point. And to Roseanne's credit, she waited till they were available because she knew she had never acted. And she was smart to surround herself with really good actors. It only makes you look better. And at that time, we were getting offered a lot of stuff. And for some reason, we just said, we can't commit to seven or eight years. We probably would have lasted seven or eight days because in the beginning, it was really, there was a lot of screaming and fighting, uh, a lot of turnover as far as as writers go. Um, And so we ended up coming on in season five, I believe. And um, we had a crazy year then, but we got to write the lesbian kiss episode, and then her whole marriage with Tom Arnold exploded, and and then yeah, that, that was kind of a mess. But um, I met Amy Sherman, uh, who's now Amy Sherman Palladino, and then she brought us on to Gilmore Girls. So you never know, like when one thing leads to another. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Gilmore Girls. I mean, there again, another another huge show. <laughs> Yeah, you're lucky if in your career you get one right. that you can really be proud of. I mean, there are successful ones, and then there's ones like to have been on three that are really iconic, you know, is pretty, really, 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 really lucky. And even just on Golden Girls, I mean, I was really young when we when we got on that as staff writers, and kind of the first of my friends that got like a job job in, in L.A. that wasn't, I was working in a movie theater. Uh, in Silver Lake, and you know, I went from that to suddenly, you know, having a, a job on on a lot and working with those actors. And I really, really, really appreciated every single moment. Then I don't know how or why. I think you know maybe how I was raised, very Midwestern, very Roseanne values. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was grateful. I was grateful for the paycheck, and you know being able to take friends out and then also helping friends that were also wanting to get into TV and, and start careers as writers or actors. Mm-hmm. Now, do the, do the writers have much say after they hand the script over? You know, if, if, do you get really, to watch? The, the, it what's... really depends. Each show is different. On Golden Girls, because it was the first season, you turned it in. And, uh, you know, if you're on staff, you get to be in the room and, and you know, hopefully save your jokes with that show. If those ladies couldn't make the jokes work, you had to write a new joke. I mean, they're the best of the best. Right. Now, even Estelle who hadn't done television, she'd done a lot of theater was hysterical. Like if she could make something funny, it just, for whatever reason, couldn't be in the show. And we also learned on that show, if it wasn't funny with one person, you couldn't give it to another actor. Like that happens a lot on TV. But we learned that was kind of like our TV writing 101 classes. And the actors would be really mad. You wait, she had that line 
at the table read. You can't give it to me. So it makes you really a hacky writer if you just switch it out to another yeah. uh, character. Uh, and it really taught us about writing from the person who they're playing. You know, it's not joke writing. It's it's character writing for me. So when people say, oh, you're such a you're a comedy writer, I'm like, well, I'm a person writer. I right. never think of myself as actually that funny. Um, uh, but now writing plays, I'm seeing, oh, yeah, you can be funny. You can get some jokes in there. And usually there'll be people on staff that are just joke people. That They, they can come in and they'll be, especially on Roseanne, she had a lot of her stand-up comedy friends hired on staff. And they're just like joke, 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 and that's. And I had to teach them. People like Norm Macdonald was a writer on there, and he'd never written before. And we'd be in the room, and he'd be throwing out jokes, and we'd be on the floor laughing. But if they didn't come from character, you couldn't use them. So right. we really had to teach them. Think of the character. It had to be true to each character. So one writer is it like you weren't writing for Estelle or for, you know, whoever it's not, you're not playing a certain character and writing for that person. Everybody's just throwing things out and see what sticks. You go and you each team or one writer would write an episode and then the whole staff sits around and picks it apart and changes lines or things they don't like. And everyone jumps in and, and does it uh, in the room because of my acting background. I studied acting since age seven, but I went to NYU to be an actor uh, I would read the characters in the room with my writing partner. So I'd suddenly become Blanche and start talking like this. And, you know, uh, you know, Dirk. And it, so my writing partner would just laugh at just the way I talk. Um, but it, it helps me. And uh, most writers do think like one character. But you have to realize that each of these actors are going to come to you. And I've learned this now I'm directing a lot of theater. Each actor will come to me and say, why am I saying this? Or what's my motivation? So it really has taught me, you've really got to think about each character uh, having a through line mm -hmm. and having an arc. Uh, so it's not just like, oh, four people on stage. You know, they all have to have different points of view. Um, and hopefully kind of the same amount of lines. Sometimes, sometimes that's an issue. Yeah. Do, do you have a preference of uh, TV, movies, or stage? Um, I love that TV can uh, go out to so many people all at once. That's super exciting. Um, there's a lot of limitations with television. Right now, uh, I'm really enjoying writing and directing theater because I think especially after COVID, you're in a room and you're hearing laughter or if it's something I've... Um, not to change the subject, but I wrote a play about suicide and I've been acting in it as well. And, you know, hear tears and know you're affecting people that immediacy. And then also I'm really into having talkbacks after a lot of my plays because they're about some uh, interesting uh, issues that need to be talked about. Uh, I love that connection with the audience and hearing uh, their response to what I've written. And that's, what's been great about, going uh, to Golden Con and the Golden Girls Cruise and coming up to Orinda, I get to meet the fans. And it's very funny. Most people come up and say, I don't want to bother you. And is it okay if I, you know, tell you a little story of who I watched it with? And I'm like, please. You know, actors connect with audiences a lot because people know their faces. So they can see them in an airport or a grocery store right. and say, oh, I saw you on that show. 
you know, unless I'm wearing shirts of lines I've written, um, <laughs> most people don't come up to me and say, oh, you're that guy that wrote on Golden Girls. Um, so these events, like in beautifully historic Orinda, I can't wait to see it, by the way. Beautiful. Uh, beautiful. You, it's a, you yeah, love it. I'm, I'm going to move up there probably. To <laughs> bring my plays up there, which I've talked to your brother about. Uh, it's, it's, it's really an honor for me to meet them. And the stories I've heard uh, are so beautiful and touching. And um, it just makes it all worthwhile and, and all the hard times keep going and keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing, and, and I'm not saying this because I'm talking to you or because of the writer's strike that's going on, but I, I, I feel that the writers are so uh, neglected or whatever you want to call it in, in writing, in shows and movies and things, because yes, you got to have great actors, you got to have a good director, but if the story's not there, you got nothing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can have the, the, the people acting and doing stuff, but if there's no real story there, like there's some movies that are blockbusters that personally, I think, you know, okay, I, how many things can you blow up? I don't care. Give me a story. Give me something I want to feel about, you know? So I think writers are really, you know, it's, it's not, they're not getting what they're supposed to get. <laughs> Thank you. Well, but and I think like you know, teachers and nurses are not exactly. Oh yeah, that's what how I feel there. You know, but uh, interestingly, the the difference between Roseanne and Golden Girls, Golden Girls, and I've never seen it since. All four of those ladies, if you go back and watch any of their big interviews, they always mention the writer. Most actors on shows don't. <clears throat> then you get to a place like Roseanne. I don't know if you know the story of the number of T-shirts. So no. there were so many writers and she would fire so many people that the year we got there, the first day on set, they had all the writers get in the line and Tom and Roseanne thought this was so funny. They had numbered t-shirts, one through 22. And they thought if they could number you and you have to wear them, they could just point to you. They wouldn't even have to learn your name and just say, 13, you're fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't at the time, I was just like, oh, my birthday's October 13th. I'm going to get the 13th. Uh, number t-shirt which I still have um, the other writers were pissed off <laughs> and you know now that I think about it I'm like oh my god I can't believe like that's so dehumanizing oh yeah not even a name you're just a number to them so the fact and the writing on Roseanne was so good so strong the stories that we got to tell um, and you know that's credited to Roseanne to coming up with that's what she wanted to do but I don't. I wish she could have appreciated. It goes a long way, but oh, it yeah. also taught me how not to do certain things. When I run shows, you always thank everybody from any level. You're yeah. all we're all working for the same goal, really. Yeah. Um, and especially with comedies, you want to make people laugh, but you also want their heart to grow a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. These. So. So it varies a lot. From show to show, how yeah, and it's, you're treated. All, the, sh the showrunners, <laughs> they set the tone, and the at lead actors. So that the Golden Girls all were saying that you as a writer. I mean, there are many other issues on Golden Girls, which I'll get into at the panel, um, where I didn't feel appreciated. Um, and Roseanne, when we were um, had the interview for the job, they say we don't pat anybody on the back here, and we wanted the job so bad because I really respected the show. We're like, oh, we don't need it, but you need it. 
everybody comes to work and you put in a lot of hours. You just need to be acknowledged. Like, yeah, I see you doing that work and thank you. Hmm. And and to me, when I produce a show or you know web series or theater, everyone, if you have a good idea, it's a good idea. It doesn't have to come from me. Right. Um, I take it in. You know, I don't have to just do it, but I take it in. And and if it's good, I'm gonna I'm gonna use it. Yeah. Hi, I'm Pat Priest. You may know me as Marilyn on the Munsters, and I'm on On Screen and Beyond. So, um, with the event for the Golden Girls behind the Golden Curtain, um, are there a lot of people that are involved with it that you know you worked with, or are are they from different episodes and things? Uh... A lot of different years. I was only there season one, so mm-hmm. people like Marsha Posner Williams, uh, who was there season one, I know, and we became friends. I mean, you just fall in love with her, and we, which we did instantly. And she just was one of the cool people there, and we've. Uh, you know, had a friendship and then we, you know, I didn't see her for a few years. And now with all these golden girl events, we've got come back into each other's lives. I just, I mean, I've always adored her. That never stopped. Um, I mean, like uh, Jerry Harden is coming, who played the professor in my adult education episode. I mean, I haven't seen him since we filmed that. So I'm very excited to see him. Mm-hmm. And then for me, I've gotten to meet a lot of people that were on actors that were on other seasons and even writers uh, that I have not you know, only gotten to know through these events. Yeah. And the same thing with um, on Gilmore Girls. We have um, the Fan Fest Society, it's called, and we have an annual event um, back east in the fall when the leaves are changing. It's very, very Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. And I, I got, because I was, we were so busy writing on that show, we had a really small staff. I was never had time to go on set. So I'm suddenly at these festivals getting very close and friendly with all these actors that were regulars on the show that I was writing for, but I never got to have that real connection, and which has been great because then I pulled them into doing theater with me. And oh, nice, yeah. yeah. Huh. So you know, s- scratch each other's back, and <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now on the Golden Girls, did you have a favorite of of the four ladies? Who do you think it would be? I don't know. <laughs> Okay, I should I should I should have looked at your shirt. <laughs> but it's not. It's actually Estelle. Get it? Estelle, uh, really? She just took us under her wing pretty much the first it was on the set, not in the table read, but on the set. She just like just took us under her wings, really, and was very protective of us and and because she was in theater and I started in theater, we just really bonded right away. Mm-hmm. And we became friends and we did stuff outside the show and we maintained a friendship after you know we weren't on the show anymore and uh years later she came to my 30th birthday party and i I just adore her i miss her um i would love to write a play about her Uh, i think she just was a fascinating woman to have the life that she had uh i think it's just so interesting you know struggling in off-broadway theater and raising a family in new york you know she'd like make dinner for her kids and go off some weird off-Broadway play and, you know, be running around in a, in a bra and slip. And, um, and then to have this huge success much later in life, you know, what keeps a person going all those years? Mm-hmm. And you probably think, oh, well, this is just going to be it for me. Like, and then to have, you know, become a huge 
Emmy-winning star in star movies at that age, I think it's very powerful. It could be an interesting um, story to tell and for, for give people hope that it doesn't matter what age you are. If you want to do something, do it. Right. And you succeed. Yeah. Yeah. And who would have thought that a story about four ladies, elderly ladies in Miami would become such a, a hit and continue. Nobody did. Yeah. And continue no. on all these years later. Nobody did. And just the con- conventional wisdom back then was like, you know, it's going to be cute, but no one's going to watch it. Right. And uh, yeah. we, uh, we proved them all wrong. You give them quality work, really sharp writing and great acting and directing and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you build it, people will come and, and they, they keep coming. I mean, how yeah. many generations I've seen, you know, come up to me getting younger and younger and they can recite lines that I wrote, which is very odd. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I was going to say, that must be kind of neat for you to, to be able to, you know, somebody is remembering something that you did, you know, 30 years, I don't know how many years ago it was, uh, you know, something you wrote, you know, and that's pretty cool. And when you write it, I, I don't think they're going to be on T-shirts and mugs and, you know, <laughs> all this merch that I'm not making a cent off of. I was going to say, you know, where's the where's your kickback on that? <laughs> Hero. Um, we are making more on residuals now because they're playing it so much. Oh, I mean, yeah. the numbers went down and then all of a sudden lately they've just gone like skyrocketing since COVID. It was one of the most popular shows on Hulu during COVID, hmm. I think, because people wanted some security and kind of know at the end of the day, you're going to be loved and you're going to be have some laughs with some old friends. And that's what the show does. But it also gets you thinking. I mean, we dealt with a lot of really interesting issues. Oh yeah, um, you know, which were taboo, and some are still taboo. I mean, that I got to do an episode about um, sexual harassment back then in the workplace. Uh, she, you know, she was just uh, Blanche going to college. I was shocked they let us do it then. Yeah, and it's you know, and it's still an important topic to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Well, Stan, I thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I want to finish up with one final question. And uh, before I do that, I want to remind people that uh, May 26th to the 28th, you will be there at the Arinda Theater in Arinda, California, celebrating the Golden Girls with the Behind the Golden Curtain event that's going on. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I have a special one. My special show is Sunday the 28th. Sunday And it's an afternoon on Lanai with me and host, Alexander Rodriguez and it's just a fun show with clips and it's just the two of us and and some trivia games and then just you know spilling the tea with me yeah yeah well that that sounds like it's going to be fun it's it's a you know now do you do this sort of thing a lot at other you know like on the cruise you just Um, the cruise you came back from (laughs) Alexander and I have done the show in Palm Springs and we started it once and we kept selling out so they've had us back three or four times uh, we got invited to last November, we did it in North Carolina. Um, so I look forward to doing it in more places. Um, you know, love to take it back East somewhere yeah. and, uh, maybe Miami one day. Right. Miami. That's where it should be. All right. Final question. When you sit back and relax. Oh, I don't do that. <laughs> I, I, I got that <laughs> idea, but, but if you watch TV and movies, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past? And what's your favorite movies now and of the past? That, those are a lot of questions in there. I, mean, <laughs> I know. <laughs> the 
past is, you know, I just loved things like Wizard of Oz and Singing in the Rain and, 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 and movies like that. Uh, but then I love very emotional movies like Ordinary People in terms of endearment. For me, I like when I watch entertainment, I like to feel. I mm -hmm. like to be moved somehow. Uh, not just sit back passive. I just I want to I wanted to have alter me in some way or got me thinking about something I hadn't thought about. Um, so those are the kind of movies and TV I watch. I I love theater. I'm going to a lot of plays now, and uh, I like quirky stuff. I'm watching this Bridget Everett show, um, uh, Somebody Somewhere on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. uh, my friend who I worked with in college, uh, The Gilded Age on HBO Max, um, shows like that. And yeah. then the news. I'm a news junkie. So it, it, it's, uh, that's very active because I'm screaming at the screen most of the time. Do you get ideas from watching the news? Every I've gotten 10 ideas just, just in our time together. <laughs> I have literally around my house paper and pencils with like scratchings of things. I'm always constantly with ideas and thinking, what medium can they be in? And at some point, I have to slow down <laughs> because, I mean, I'm literally, uh, this past Monday, I closed a, a Diary of Anne Frank play in the morning at a student show, came home and finished a Lifetime Christmas movie that my writing partner and I had to have before the strike started. So, you know, I'm 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 a... Pretty good. I'm really good multitasker, so I, I actually I, that gets me excited too. Can you sit back and relax and watch a show or a movie without saying, oh, "Why didn't they do this?" or "Why didn't they? Why didn't they write That's this?" Line? I know it's really good <laughs> if I'm not thinking they should have cut here. Why didn't they do that? That's when I know it's. It, I've forgotten all that. I'm just. I'm in the world. You're in it. Yeah. And that that hap That does happen a lot, and it's, so I, it's not like I can't do it. I I love when that happens, and so. I want to be just bombarded with sounds and sights, and I love beautiful cinematography, and I'm obsessed with different kinds of music. Mm -hmm. um, so that's all exciting. Yeah. Well, Stan, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to share with us, and uh, everybody remember to go to Behind the Golden Curtain. Uh, it's going to be a great event celebrating the TV show The Golden Girls at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, California on May 26th through the 28th. And uh, Stan will be there and a whole bunch I of other. Say hi, <laughs> take a picture, and uh, maybe I'll bring my phone with me. You're going to wear your shirt that you got on right now? I got to come and see which shirt I'm going to wear. I've got a lot, <laughs> a lot of cool T-shirts now. The collection is growing. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, Stan. Thank you. I'll see you there. And a shout-out going out to Stan Zimmerman for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. And I want to thank him so much for uh, taking the time and sharing with us and telling those stories about the Golden Girls. It's a lot of fun to hear that and all the other stuff he did. So he's done a lot of stuff, uh, you know. So uh, And be sure to check him out. He will be at the Orinda Theater at the Behind the Golden Curtain in Orinda, California on May 26th through the 28th for a tribute to the Golden Girls TV show. And like I've said, that, that it's going to include writers and directors and producers of the show and also guest stars from episodes. And uh, we've got more people coming your way who are going to be there. So get ready. Be sure to subscribe to On Screen and Beyond so it comes to you immediately because uh, the next couple of weeks here, you know, it's not going to be the usual once a week. It's going to be a couple of weeks or maybe more depending on, you know, I don't know because uh, I don't know how many we're going to get. 
So you should uh, subscribe to On Screen and Beyond. That way you will get it immediately. So uh, get ready. You never know. We'll be having more coming your way. So uh, that's it. That is a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. (laughs) Thank you.